This is the Wally and Mathot Show, powered by Barhaven Ford. Now here are your hosts, Brent Wallace and Mark Mathot. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the show. I'm Brent Wallace. He's former NHL defenseman Mark Mathot, who, by the way, voted Dad of the Year by his oldest child, Eric Carlson. <laughs> yeah. I don't remember anything like that, but that sounds great. <laughs> uh, by the way, Father's Day just passed yesterday. How did you spend your day? Uh, we didn't do very much. We were in Montreal the night before uh, just to get out of town for a little while. And um, it, it was okay. It was kind of a boring, long day. I mean, we enjoyed each other's company, of course, but not a whole lot to do given the circumstances. But we drove back yesterday morning and spent the day with the kids and just kind of hung out outside, just normal stuff. Honestly, it feels like any other day for me, really. It does. Um, yeah. Here, here's the thing, though. It gets better when it's a little bit older and they get to be, I don't know, six, seven, eight, nine. They start making you handmade cards. Yeah. And that's by far the best thing. So, we, And my kids still do it. And they're all 16 and 14. They, they made me cards. And those are the best things to read. Because then you, it's that just a little small personal touch. Then you get that's on with fair. it. But for me, uh, it seemed fitting because I was in a hockey rink. Uh, this is the first time since basically the shutdown, whenever. And so we got back to the that. rink over. The Slush Puppy Center in Gatineau was beautiful, by the way. I yeah, suggest, the, yeah, the picture you sent looked awesome. It looked really cool. Yeah, and it, and they don't sell Slush Puppies. But anyway, that's a whole other story. Um, <laughs> I guess before we go on, I was going to try and pretend I didn't remember, but happy birthday, okay? You're 35 okay. years old today. Yeah, I didn't get you a cake. <laughs> <laughs> I, I tried to make it a little younger. All right, fine. We'll, we'll leave it at 36. Uh, again, yeah. again, it's just it's just another day. Like, I worked out this morning. Um, we're doing the show together right now at noon. I mean, nothing, I don't feel much different. Uh, I'm still at that kind of sweet spot, but the idea that I'm on the later stages of my thirties now, I think to me is the the toughest mental adjustment that I have to make. No, forties will be better than your thirties. Uh, really? Yeah. Cause your kids will be older and you'll be able just to do things that you want to do for the most part. And they'll be a lot uh, less having to be hands-on. That's well, that's nice. I don't mind the hands on thing, but you're right, it gets a little monotonous after a while, so I can yeah. relate. Yeah, they can make their own toast, and then you're once that happens, <laughs> see, I don't mind the toast. I'm actually excited to be able to go golfing with my son and, and my daughter eventually, yeah. she's younger, but like those are the things that I'm looking forward to. Like yes. being able to actually go out on, on our boat fishing and actually do some fishing and not have them kind of whine and cry about 30 minutes into that boat ride to go back. So those are the adjustments I think yes. that I'm waiting for. These are great years, as we all know, because they're so darn cute, but you can't really do a whole lot with them, right? So being yeah. an active guy, and you're the same, Wally, it's fun to be able to play like actual sports and activities with them. Played my first 18 holes with my kid this year. So, oh, very so nice. yeah, no, it's it's really good. All right. Uh, by the happy birthday, friend. I, Thank I, you. I, I know you're stuck here doing the show with me. It's the best gift I could give you. Uh, so I got nowhere uh, else to be, Wally. I got nowhere else to be. <laughs> all right, well, we'll move on because – I'm going to try and take it easy on you because I do have a bone to pick with you a bit later in the show. Uh, okay. okay. This is uh, Wham Live, powered by Barhaven Ford. Largest inventory in Ottawa, by the way. Plus, receive a $2,000 off any new or used purchase this month. Barhaven Ford. Stop in and see them. 555 dealership drive in Barhaven. Okay. Lots to discuss on the show. Uh, Craig is monitoring the chat. He's going to bring up some questions later on. Uh, feel free to ask him all kinds of stuff. He's going to pick them out, and he's going to come up with the best ones of the show. But, Matt, I... All right, let's just get to it right now. And that is, uh, first up is the great golf debacle on Friday, okay? Uh, brought to you by Whitewater Beer and the impressive lineup of great bevies they have. Go to shop whitewaterbeer.ca and use the Wally Mathot coupon code 15% off. Um, and I'm not going to lie, Meth, after that Team Wham loss to Team Drive with Ian Mendez and Sean Simpson, I partake in a few Whitewater beers because of the way that you played. Uh, this <laughs> loss was crushing and I need you okay. to apologize. Time out. I need it now. I need, first of all, we weren't that bad. Um, we lost. That it was That's our, all that matters. It was our, we lost by one stroke. There were a lot of mishaps that happened on both ends during that entire day. It was our first round of the year. I haven't played in, I don't know, 10 months because I stopped early last summer in July. And again, I'm not for excuses, so I'll leave it at this. They earned that victory. Great. But I think in July... When we have our rematch, I believe Simmer's already set something up. Uh, I haven't even told you this, Wally. We were talking about it this morning. I'll be ready. You and I, we're gonna get some. Uh, we're gonna get some work done. We're gonna hit the range. We're gonna straighten things out. We're gonna be all right. Plus, it was raining. There was a ton of rain. The conditions were brutal. 
they played in the rain too it's not like it was just on our cart by the way i know but but yeah whatever doesn't matter overheard things on the golf course that we probably shouldn't have wally i need you here uh wally we used all your shots on that hole None of those yeah, things but we, are we, had, we, had, I play. we had holes. We had holes where we were using all of my shots too. I'm just, no. I was acknowledging your accomplishments on the course and encouraging you because I'm <laughs> used to facing adversity like that. So I'm positive. Okay. Try so, to keep the positive energy going. You know what I mean? No, I, no, I, you were, you were a mess. You let me down. I just try a leg day one day when you work out. Okay. It doesn't always oh, have to be upper sakes. body. All right, okay. all right, all right. Okay, fair enough. All right, Listen. so in the rematch, I expect more from you. Okay, all right. Okay, all right, fine. Yes, I got you. <laughs> Simmer, Simmer, Simmer and Mendez were good. Yeah. They had a pretty good round. Like, Ian here Mendes I was. a hole in one this well, year. Simmer, Simmer comes in saying he's a 20 handicap, and I'm a 12. Yeah. And I'm thinking, like, not that that mattered because we were just playing straight up, but the point is, I think they both kind of downplayed what their abilities were. And then, of course, we get out there and we're realizing, thankfully, we weren't playing strokes or anything like that because yeah. we would have been severely sandbagged by their uh, alleged high handicaps, which to me was, was a complete lie. So, again, hats off to them. They earned it. Um, now I know what I'm facing and that they're, they came to play. I'll be more prepared next round. I, I was too casual when I showed up. You know you know what happened? Here's what I think happened is that I gave them hoping to – affect their game some whitewater beers i'm like i will show up and give them a maybe they'll partake it yeah they but they never touch they, them they, they didn't, didn't crack even, them no i know i no. noticed i noticed that too and the train of thought it actually crossed my mind while we were playing because i saw i saw one of them in i think it was simmer's cart and uh and i'm thinking like oh he hasn't touched that yet yeah. he must be preserving himself because you know what it's like you have the one beer or maybe two and you just get a little looser. Some guys claim that they play better, but it's all BS. Let's be honest. Everything kind of gets dumbed down a little more when you have that little very subtle buzz, and it yeah. can really affect your game. So, again, Simurad is he was he was focused. I got to give him that. We'll have to broadcast the uh, round two because there's no <laughs> way we're losing. If we're losing, we're done. Like I think right. you and I might it may break up the partnership. It, it might, uh, but but that's we got to we have to face it. We and we yeah. need the rematch. They both, they won by one stroke. It came down to a last putt on 18. I mean, that was a, it was a competitive match. I we think that made well. it more fun. We played yeah, we, well because we were down two with like, I don't know, five holes to go or something. Yeah, anyway. we bounced back. Not good enough. All right. Anyway. Okay, we'll get back to the range. And I'm not happy with Kevin Hayne, by the way, who helped out Sean Simpson the night before. Yeah. Uh, let's get on to the playoffs, shall we? And that is uh, sure. brought to you by sportsinteraction.com slash Wally and Mathot, providing competitive odds on all sports. Sports Interaction is Canada's odds makers. Oh my God, what is going on in the Montreal series? So <laughs> I don't even let Dominic Ducharme's out. Luke Richardson behind the bench. They win the game. All of a sudden, now Marc Andre Fleury has a gaffe and Robin Leonard. Where do you want? Let's go with Robin Leonard. Should we start there? Sure. Were, were you shocked that Robin Leonard was in goal in game four? It was bold. It was bold. Yeah. I think any, anybody who would suggest otherwise, I mean, come on. I think they're lying to themselves. We're talking about a, in, in Marc Andre Fleury at least. We're talking about a Vezina candidate that, I mean, obviously Vasilevsky's got this thing locked, but the point is you've got a legitimate starter who's playing really well. And yes. DeBoer looks to kind of, I don't know, galvanize the group in some way and kind of give them a kick in the rear by kind of changing the look, right? You throw Leonard in there and he was great, played really well. And for me, you know, I thought that quote after the game was really funny, how he was suggesting that he had gone through, he was at the rink two hours before the game. Four, four hours. Or, well, sorry, two hours before the before the rest of the team comes in, which is two hours prior. So he's there four hours before the game, going through Twitter replies and, and getting motivation. And, you know, it's funny because I was going through a lot of the Twitter stuff yesterday and kind of keeping track. And there wasn't a whole lot of negativity as far as like bashing him. It was more... In questioning the move going from Flurry sure. back to Leonard. But in any case, as a player, I can relate to that. Any added motivation or criticism that you can stumble upon, mind you, he did that voluntarily, but which I would never really recommend for any player to do. But in any case, it, 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 it pumped him up. He was motivated and he got the way he played really well. So, uh, you know, hats off to Lenny. I'm happy for him. He's one of the reasons, along with Mark Stone, that I'm kind of cheering for, for Vegas, yeah. aside from the fact that I'd like to see Montreal as an underdog team win, but good for Lenny. Well, for sure. And I feel really stupid that I didn't I didn't label this Panda Games uh, being in Ottawa when they had the Panda Game at the, the old Ottawa-Carlton matchups. Anyway, um, 
when it comes to Lenny, like, but he hadn't played in, I don't know, one game in 40 days or something. So if you're yeah. a player going in and you, and you see your coach put the backup in, but now let's for, not forget that Robin Leonard has had phenomenal numbers in the last yeah, few years. Alone. He's not your typical backup, you know, and like people thought he good... should have been the starter this year is right. Do you, do you go like, Oh my God, like if we lose, like it doesn't seem to be a, it was almost a no win situation for Pete DeBoer. If you lose, you're down three, one, why didn't you play them? If you lose with flurry and that, and you're down three, one, why didn't you, you take nailed it? So, so what about the players who are playing in front? Does it matter? It does. I mean, I think, uh, and I've been through this as well, obviously, with the Hamburglar run and 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 dealing with uh, different goalies when Andy would occasionally get injured. Um, yeah. I, I feel like as a, as a team, collectively, it just kind of perks you up just a little bit, right? Like you're more aware of who's back there. Um, you're less inclined to lean on your goaltender and you're you know, you're more motivated to do well in front of him only because you're trying to protect him and you certainly don't want to get scored on. So you take pride in that. That has a bit of an effect. I don't know how much of that actually is legitimate once you're into the game. Once you're playing, a lot of that kind of goes out the window and you're so focused on yourself. That I think a lot of people put a lot of weight on these decisions when you see a change in the lineup and they think, oh, what's it going to do to the group? You got to remember as players, they've been doing this their entire lives. And once you get into that game mode and you're like hyper-focused on your task, you're not really worried about all the, the theatrics that are going around you, going on around you. And that, that applies for Dominic Ducharme, right? Is anybody surprised? Or I guess some people are surprised that the group is doing, well, of course, Luke Richardson is more than capable. He's a terrific coach. But I mean, again, at the end of the day, once you're out there on the ice, you're not worried about who's on, on, on the bench. You're not necessarily thinking about who's between the pipes behind you. You're just focused on yourself. So yes, maybe going into it preparation-wise, it might affect you a bit. You're thinking it about you're thinking about it a little prior. But at the end of the day, you've got one job to do, and you stick to it on the ice, and that's all you're thinking about. Do we need to address the officiating? <laughs> I mean, it's okay. I okay, hold really on. Let a... me put it to you this way. Wait, wait. If yeah, you're yeah. on the ice in last night's game, do you have yeah. any idea of what you can do and get away with? I mean, I felt like I was always kind of teetering back and forth with that toward the end of my career. Um, you know, the, the playoff run, I feel like like that we had with Otto was like the last real run that I had a little more leeway where I could be physical. And I'm not talking cheap shots, but like, you know, bumping into guys, little scrums at net front, you're never worried that you're going to get called for that, right? And I still think people are very quick to jump to that conclusion now. Like you watched the, the game last night with Montreal and Vegas and – you know, there's some scrums at net front and players are trading shots and whether it's a jab or a little punch, they're mostly rabid punches with their gloves on. You can't expect a referee or an official rather to, to, to call that. So I think that that's good, but it's the infractions as far as the, the interference calls, like we discussed before, well, the interference calls, the trippings, those need to be consistent and you absolutely need to call those, whether it's game one of the regular season or game seven in the third round of the playoffs. To me, it's, that shouldn't matter. You need consistency. I would agree with everything there. They're, so there's a couple of different things here. One is sure. you're, you're driving guys into the boards from behind on one play and the next play they're not, they, they're doing the same, but it gets called. Like that's yeah. what I don't understand is I'm, I'm if you're right there, there watching it. I don't where So how do you play this game? Do you just continue to go out and see what happens? Or yeah, do you, try you just keep like, you just keep playing it. And of course, it's awful. And everyone knows the secret's out. Like the officiating has certainly been in question. So I think we all know now that the league is either they're somewhat trying to address it right now. I don't know how you do that. You hold little conference calls or meetings, perhaps. You change the officials. Well, no, that's another option for sure. And at some point, I think it has to be addressed. I don't know what the protocol is and what the what they're what they typically would do during the playoffs. Like it's funny, we go back. And I played a lot of postseason rounds. I can't really remember if we had the same refs on any given night. To me, it was just kind of out of sight, out of mind. But um, I think at this point now, it's 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 an issue. I don't know that you address it right now. Maybe you have a quick call and you try to address certain missed calls on the ice. But I think to, to do an overhaul mid-playoff is a little unrealistic. I think that's something you're going to have to look forward to doing perhaps, you know, come midsummer after the postseason. No, I want to change now because I can't watch yeah. this. Because you don't yeah. know what's going to happen. Why is Corey Perry missing his nose? Like, yeah, I, I, I just. But those I, are. But the, we're also. No, I'm agreeing with that. That's fair. But like the Corey Perry thing, that's an entirely different thing. Where little plays like that can get missed. I mean, I, I referees, get it. referees but, don't but, have 30 camera angles to watch the game with, right? And I know you know that. I'm just saying. No question. I, the only problem is yeah. there's been so much of it 
that right. you can't go, okay, yeah. well, now it's just one play. Like, right? You used to go, like, the game's so fast, you miss stuff. If the right. official's looking right at it, and but Braden McNabb scored and the official still couldn't get out of the way. Do you remember that goal last night? <laughs> yeah, yeah, and he ran right into him. Yeah, I know. And, you could you could see McNabb being like, because yeah. as, as a demon, I get it. Like, it's irritating. You don't score very often, so you oh, want it to go smoothly when you're celebrating. <laughs> and then the ref just kind of takes him down a peg by knocking him over. They um, run into each other, and he's kind of looking up at the official all rattled. So, I mean, that was sort of the cherry on the top. But, I, again, I think for me, and, and I'm not an apologist. I'm not getting nope. paid by the NHL, obviously. But I do, I do think though that we have to understand there's a bit of both going on. There's an there's an, an incredible amount of camera angles that we have the luxury of using now that really kind of amplifies some of these missed calls. And then of course, there are some legitimate calls that are happening right in that line of sight of a referee and official, and they're not being called. So I'm agreeing with you, Wally. It's frustrating. Yeah. The la and and a last point is the one at the end. I think the second period, right where Braden McNabb. It punches Nick Suzuki in the face. Oh, yeah. I, I didn't mind that. that. I didn't okay, mind I don't, that. I don't have a problem with it. But the whole sequence, in fact, how the players stopped playing, because I don't believe they whistle or they period it. Oh, on, right. Think. Yeah, okay. So and, you're and saying. Chris it was Lee so it was so It was such an egregious play in the moment. And yet yes. nobody and nobody blew a whistle. Yeah. No, I, but, that's the only thing I didn't understand. But and, and, and furthermore, and I'll, we can leave it at that. Those are the scrums that I'm good with because no one's really getting hurt. It's just yeah. you're playing in high stakes games like emotions are going to come up right and you're going yeah. to get in those little fu matches if you will around the ice and that's always been around i've been involved in a, in a ton of those too it's great that stuff's yeah. good it's the cheap shots like you mentioned wally the hit from behind yeah. uh it running into the walls they gotta they gotta clean it up yeah. if you're gonna stick your nose in there you might take a punch in the face right either skate away or yes, you're in yes. So, and, and you can't have and the nhl can't yeah. afford to have chris lee trending all evening on twitter exactly you know what i mean so yep. yeah, yeah, okay. we can uh, agree on that. Last thing about that game, and we saw it, it's almost this reverse in the Montreal or game three is they scored late and got the overtime winner with the team that probably yeah. shouldn't have won. Uh, the, the Vegas Golden Knights to me, and, and we're both on Team Vegas, we have been since is they look tired. Do they look tired to you? Uh, I mean, I'm reluctant to go there. You know, I you're on the road, it's always gonna be a little different especially when you're going across the continent, like that's, that's another yep. animal. And, 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 and quite frankly, I haven't experienced that, right? Like all my postseason games were, were inter interconference games. So I can only imagine what's like, what it's like to do that in the third round, no less. So yep. I, 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 I don't know. I, I find it interesting. I don't really buy the whole I'm tired excuse. I think we have to give Montreal their props. I think they're just playing their game. And really, they're playing exactly the way they want. They're not taking a ton of penalties. They're playing relatively disciplined. Yet, maintaining physicality. They out-hit Vegas 40 to, like, 19 or whatever it was last night. Like, like they're blocking more shots. Like, yeah. la last night, was a, they almost didn't get their due, right? I think Montreal earned that game. They didn't get it. But if they can continue this... We're going to go to game seven at least. So, yep. uh, you know, it, it, I'm, I'm rooting for them at this point only because I think they're a severe underdog and we all had higher hopes for Vegas. Yes. They're both still very much in it. But, I mean, I'm liking what I'm seeing from Montreal right now. Okay, I won't ask you what you think is wrong with Mark Stone because I don't want you to be uninvited from the wedding. But do you, <laughs> do you think that Vegas is perhaps in trouble as they go back now to game uh, five? No, so... It's, I'm glad you asked that. And you mentioned Mark Stone. I mean, let's be honest. Look at look at the guys that are shutting him down. We're talking about some, like, heavy hitters here. Sure. Not necessarily just up front that are kind of pest, like his guys like Deneau that are running that line. You got Gallagher out there as well. To me, it's that decor. Mixture between the decor and the goaltending. And that'll frustrate any top line. And we've talked about this. We've been seeing this all playoffs. How many of these top lines that we're seeing out there legitimately have been struggling? And I'm talking from the first round up until now. It's, it's common, right? You're really yep. relying yep. on those secondary third and fourth line scoring. So again, I, I won't wait too much in, in on that because yep. Mark Stone is still a world-class player. And, and I do think that Vegas has an upper hand now going back home. They're going to sleep in their beds tonight. They're going to be, they're going to be amped up for the next game. So again, the turnarounds really quickly though, and all those, those traveled miles will affect oh. both teams equally. Uh, okay, I'll wait. I'm going to hold off to ask you who's going to start in goal for Vegas. Sure. Okay, uh, yep. Let's just go back to uh, game three. Uh, could have been a huge turning point here. And, and that, and I guess it was for Montreal, but Dominic Ducharme, he's now, right? He's in COVID oh, protocol. He's out 14 days. Yeah. So your head coach, you're in the conference final. Uh, sure. And then I guess the semifinal, we'll call it. And then 
you're now Luke Richardson. You've been waiting for a chance to be an NHL head coach. This isn't what you expected, but now you're the head coach in your first NHL game, original six team, and you are in the playoffs. Like, oh my yeah. God. So I, I guess, I'm, I don't, can you take me through it as a player? for your I feel for him. I, I, and I'm not, I don't even feel necessarily that bad for the team because they have so many good veterans. Excuse me. They have so many good vets in our lineup. So for me, it's just I feel bad for Dominic Ducharme, right? He's finally had, he finally has an opportunity yes. here, and he's doing well. Like, 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 like let's not they're get it twisted. Semifinal. Yeah, they're doing great, and and yeah. I'm sure his job is secure at this point. But in any case, it goes beyond all that. When you're at this point, you're in the postseason, you're rounds into the playoffs, your team's exceeded all expectations at this point. Um, you want to be a part of that. And now that he's been taked out, and I don't know how he's been doing. I know that I heard he's had both his jabs, though. Like, have you heard that, Wally? I think yeah. he's fully, he's fully so. vaccinated. Yep. So I got to imagine it's even that makes it harder because he's probably fairly asymptomatic. I'm not a doctor. I'm not claiming I know what he's going through right now, but I can only assume that his symptoms aren't that aggressive. So he's probably sitting at home feeling relatively good, and he's having to watch his team play without him right there on the bench. So yeah. I feel for him. It's it's it sucks. But uh, the teams, the, but the teams played very well under Luke, right? They they played great in that game three. Luke does a terrific job of managing the bench, and then they come back and they lose game four. But they played very well also. So again, uh, it's not a good situation. I think the idea of having to to quarantine for those fourteen days is probably the hardest part of this whole thing. Oh. He could potentially not, you know, be back until next year, depending on how the team does. Right, I can't imagine. I feel for him, yeah. but it did lead to. And I can't think of anything. The most emotional moment we have seen in the postseason, I think by far, and perhaps the biggest one of the season. And that is, you and I both know Luke Richardson very well. You saw yep. him at the end of the game. Uh, he wears the same pin. It's the DIFD pin uh, that I wear here. And it's yep. uh, he taps it and he blows a kiss to his daughter, Darren. And, and I was a, a mess. And we all know yep. what has transpired. And, and for those who don't know, uh, our golf tournament, we are – sponsoring the DIFD charity because it means a lot to us and we both know the Richardson family well like uh I don't know what your thoughts were on that but boy what an emotional moment you nailed it uh, I mean what do you say you get choked uh, up you know yeah. and you know you're watching a very intense sport but like those little stories that are happening oh. behind the scenes to me are sometimes the best part right so to see to see Luke first of all to see Luke get that win for him and his family and yeah. and 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 the joy that he must have felt being able to do it there and Again, it's and it's a fantastic charity. Uh, Wally, you mentioned it. We're backing them for our tournament because we believe in it. And I think more than ever right now, especially, um, you know, this is the time where kids have been stagnant for quite a while and not, you know, taking out of their routines, not being able to go to school. Wally, you deal with it much more than I do, being that your kids are in their teens. And so you can see the social changes when they're not able to see their friends all the time on a consistent basis and all the extracurriculars that they perhaps would have been doing and now not doing. So again, I can't imagine the toll that it's, it's taken on, on our youth yeah. here in, in Canada and around the world, of course, but um, really happy for Luke to get that win. And of course, being able to support them in our tournament is huge. So uh, huge stick taps for that. And I want to just touch on one more point, and I'll try not to get emotional about it. But every year, uh, the Ottawa Senators would host a DIFD Youth Mental Health Night at the Ottawa at, at a game, and it would yeah. always be I would I would interview Stephanie, uh, Darren's mom, Luke's wife. Yeah, hardest interview I ever do each year, and I I almost dread it to a point because I know how tough it is. And when you have a teenage daughter, and you know what they have to go through on a daily basis, and you see that struggle, you know the toll it's obviously taken on that family. It is right. so difficult, and so. They've done so much work in this community and abroad for DIFD and for youth mental health. Like, I, I, I don't know that we can thank them enough, but I do hope uh, that people now start to realize the work that they've done in this community just to do that particular charity and all the work they've done for youth mental health. So uh, I'll move on, but boy, oh boy, yeah, well said, I don't know if you can well say said. enough about the, the Richardson yep. family. Okay, um, let's switch now to Long Island and uh, game five. Uh, oh, quickly a reminder, by the way, uh, you're watching the Wham Show live. Uh, so far, it hasn't gone off the rails, which is good. And uh, Craig is still monitoring the chat in the back. Uh, get your questions in. We'll ask them up uh, here shortly. Uh, best questions will get uh, basically to meth because I don't get any questions asked to me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, that makes me so happy, Walt. You know that? <laughs> I think Craig anyway. just makes one up and writes it down. Anyway, um, huge game five tonight <laughs> in Tampa. But there wouldn't sure. be a game – well, there wouldn't be this kind of game five tied at two if not for Ryan Pollock. 
Okay, so I don't know what's better, that save or Ryan McDonough's move trying to win that game. And the fact that they came back and should have not even been close when it was 3 nothing. It was wild, right? Like a defenseman doing a spin-a-rama backhand. And it was a wide wild. open cage. Like it was bang on. And to make that move in a oh. game under pressure, like it's a, that's really impressive. And then, of course, Pollock being there, that like fourth line of defense on the goal line and stopping it. I mean, it's but that's playoff hockey, right? And the best part is every other night or whatever it is, there's always a new hero. You know, there's always yep. someone that you wouldn't expect to step up. And that's what it takes, really. I mean, it, that's what it takes to make it. You can't rely on your top guys to be producing every night. You can't rely on your goaltender to save you every game. You need those those other players to step up. And he did just that. And so, again, it, it was a great game to watch. I'm pumped for tonight because, like, look, like we're being treated here to two legitimate series that are tight. They're all tied up. And they're competitive games. And they're great games. Like, that Coliseum was rocking. Yeah. So, uh, you know, for me, they're going back to Tampa now. And really, I do think not, you know, how Barry Trotz coaches, right? Very defensive, likes his matchups. He won't get his matchups in Tampa. So for me, if you're a betting person, I know we're going to talk about that later. But it, but if I'm having to pick a winner here, no, I just think. Not picking the way, a winner. Stop. Nope. Okay. I'm going to stop there. <laughs> other than I'm excited for this game tonight. An interesting yeah. stat that I won't talk about later. Uh, Tampa's 11 and 0 following a loss over the last two seasons. So, and I'm not a numbers guy. I don't like to pull numbers. Anybody can do that off the internet. But to me, that one really stood out. So they're 11-0 following a loss over two years. So for me, I mean, they're looking, they're, they're, they've got an advantage here and it's the disadvantage to the Islanders. They don't get their last change, which of course, Barry Trotz is a master of doing. Uh, so it'll be an interesting matchup. I, I do think though, you can't write off Long Island. So again, it's up in the air. I won't touch on it now. I don't want to get yelled at by you, Wally. <laughs> We can see Eric Carlson making that move that Ryan McDonough made, but would a 36-year-old Mark Mathot think of ever making that move? Uh, probably not. <laughs> no, probably not. Uh, it, it's just not in my wheelhouse. I, I, I can do it, but <laughs> I'm capable of doing the move. But for me to actually willfully do it and mentally prepare myself for that in that moment under pressure, I mean, obviously not. So again, uh, not something that you would see uh, meth pull off on the ice. The only thing that bugs me with that whole play, and it's a phenomenal, like the whole entire sequence is amazing, is what yeah. is Varlamov doing? Like, why are you out there with seconds to go? Where are you going? Well, they're scrambling and there's a lot of traffic and, you know, that's just the way the game's played I think played he's sometimes. skating to the bench. Yeah, well, goalies aren't always there, Wally, as we all know. <laughs> they can get a little screwy, and, um, you know, I, I try not – and as a teammate, you don't want to question them, right, because it'll just uh, mess with their mojo. So you just got to take it. But yeah. their goaltending has been pretty consistent otherwise. Hard to point the finger. All right, well, then let's do this. Let's now – oh, oh, my, we've totally blown this entire show. You went two for two in your last picks. We, yeah. Both three two I was, wins. I was bang on, man. And you know I, what? If people want to pick winners, they got to follow me because I know what I'm talking about. <laughs> How much did you pay attention to the scores after that, those two games? Because I totally had forgotten and it went, you know, it's a, one day after the next. So it's not back. It's not the same night. And then all of a sudden it's, oh my God, he picked the right scores. Yeah. That to me, that was probably the more impressive feat that, it, but again, it's all, it's to a degree, it's BS, right? You're kind of basing those numbers off of two defensive matchups. It seems like the team's, Goal scoring wise, we're trending downward a little bit, and that's just the way the series is being played out. So that's why I went with them, and we got lucky. Made us look really good. I'll say that. It made you look good. I because I remember, <laughs> I remember I told you I bet on Pager to score a goal, and he let me down. Yeah. So the last game was that. La yeah, I bet on Matt Barzell to score. Uh, he won. So there. You go. So good for you. So have, good for you. You're a smart yeah. man. No. <laughs> I don't know about that. But anyway, uh, all right, here we go. Let's place your bets on the next two games. Let's start with tonight. Game five, Islanders-Tampa. I think I know you who you're picking for the winner. What's the score? Yeah, so I'm going to go with Tampa. And because, again, I could be wrong, but because of the last change effect that, that the Islanders do not get, I'm going to have to go with Tampa, probably with a little bit more of an offensive output. Uh, so I'm going to say 4-2 for Tampa. Sounds like an empty netter there. Um, Could be. All right. Huge game six – or, uh, sorry, game five, Montreal. So that's uh, Montreal in Vegas. What's the yeah. score? 
I'm going to go, well, we're going back to Vegas. So uh, naturally, I'm going to have to go with Vegas. I am, full disclosure, cheering for Montreal. We talked about it earlier, Wally. I just, I can't help but cheer for them. But I got Vegas winning this game. And I'm going to have to keep it fairly similar to Tampa. And I'm going to go 4-3 for Vegas. There they are, 4-2 and a 4-3 victory. Vegas will yep. be in front, and so will Tampa. We'll find out uh, on Thursday's show. We'll have a look back and see how you've done. Uh, I don't know. what I don't know what we call you. Methodalus? Yeah, I'm thinking like a Nostradamus play, in word, play on words with yeah. meth or something, or meth okay. on Nas, or I don't know. I okay, can't. We're, Craig is now on meth. in the back to come up with some graphic. <laughs> Nostradamus <laughs> on meth. Okay. Anyway, um, right. yeah, Nailed no, that it. was, what about, uh, what else were we going to discuss here, Wally? Was the golf? Yeah, hang on a second. I got work to do. Uh, okay. Those Fair are enough. best bets. Now place yours. Sportsinteraction.com slash Wally Mathot. Odd subject to change. Sportsinteraction.com is Canada's odds maker. Uh, quickly, Barhaven Ford has recently announced its all-star lineup of custom builds. It's Barhaven Ford's customs. Barhaven Ford has brought Roush-inspired custom F-150s, Rangers, and Mustangs to the nation's capital. And this Thursday from 4 to 7 p.m., stop by and see the full lineup of BFC vehicles on display outdoors. Remember, you can customize them any way you want. Plus, here it is, Meth and I are going to be there 4 p.m. because uh, Meth has a 5.30 dinner p.m. that we all know about. Um, come by, see us. Uh, first 10 people in to come over and see us. We'll uh, offer up free Wally Mathod hats. All right? So there. Uh, I will see you on Thursday, Matt. Um, yeah. Now, on to... Uh, I, I was thinking of this the other day. You seem to be a pretty good athlete when I watched you play golf. I'm like, man, I wonder if he's ever struggled. So, uh, in the Faces Time to Get Personal, which is brought to you by Faces Magazine, did you see the cover, uh, by the way, of world champion Nick Paul? I did. He looks, magazine? Look he at looks that, handsome. Eh? He looks like, very handsome. Yeah, he's good a, for him. He's all grown up. What's happened to know, our Nicky? I know. He's looking like a very yeah. confident player going into next yeah. year. He, uh, By the way, Sean Simpson's in that one. I don't know if I want Yeah, to that was a good one. Know. Him and Mira, yeah, they they, they yeah. had a nice couple, some nice pictures there, yeah. too. Yeah, the Faces does a great job. Uh, anyway, it's uh, Nick Ball. We're looking forward to that issue. Should be out here in a couple of weeks. All right, so was there a sport you hate to play as a kid? Ugh. Good question. I was very athletic and like, especially obviously in my youth, like in school, I was pretty good at everything. Like as far as, you know, recreational games outside, but I'm trying to think of one sport that really just bugged me. And I'm, you know, I hate it. Like I, I'm a certified lifeguard, but I hated swimming. I always had a hard time uh -huh. with the swimming. So doing the testing that we had to do when I got my bronze medallion, bronze cross and NLS, that was a battle. I, I wasn't a huge fan of that, but that's not a sport. So I'm kind of dodging the question. But other than that, <laughs> other than that, no, I mean, like everything that I yeah, picked up everything pretty quickly. I mean, even snowboarding, really? I think that the first day we got out on the, on the hills, I was like 10, picked it up right away. Um, I'll let you answer that one. Maybe I can build off of it. I can't think of anything off the top I, of my head. I hated soccer. And okay, one of the, one of the reasons I did is because I can I'll always remember this. So at Kmart or Wolco, one of those old department stores that doesn't exist, my mom bought soccer shoes. And I'm going to think this is probably 1980-ish. They were like $5. But they were made of like basically plastic and they were lotto shoes. Yeah. And so I go to my first practice and my top of my big toe and I take my sock off is missing. Like it is completely blistered and just gone and raw. And I'm like... <laughs> this soccer thing is not for me. Did you play? Did you play organized? Like, did you grow up playing at all? Like on a team, like a legitimate. That was team? it. Yeah, that one year. Yeah. I was. That was okay. What I, was done. I played for the Royals, the Ottawa Royals. So I played uh, Div One when I was a kid, and I liked it. But you know what's funny, and and this is something for a lot of parents. I think as a kid, what I was missing in some of those sports is I never watched any of it on TV. Yeah. Like I never watched the pros play. So, you know, you almost would kind of hit a ceiling, right? Like, so I'd go out there and play soccer and I, I would rely heavily on my athletic ability, which was, which is what got me through it. But like the fundamentals of the game, right? Like when you're playing midfield, where you're supposed to pass, those are the things that I missed out on a little bit. But again, you can only follow so many games as a kid, right? Like you're watching yeah. baseball, soccer, hockey. It's a lot when you're seven years old and want to play Nintendo 64 with your brother more often than not. So again, it's... I, 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 other than that, though, I can't really think of anything off the top of my head that I despised. Is there one sport you wish you played more or golf. had a chance to? Golf. golf. Okay. I wish I wish I played, like I picked it up when I was 28, right? I never yeah. played as a kid. 
but if had I played more as a, as a younger, you know, a young boy, or maybe even in my teens, I think I would have been more natural for me, like to this point. I, and, and again, it's something you don't think about, right? When you're a kid yeah. and then all of a sudden you're, you're older. And that's where Alfredson came in when he told me one day, and that's why I play golf. Now Alfie sat me down at training camp and he's like, Matt, you need to learn how to play golf because as you get older, it's like pretty much the only way you can socialize with your friends in the summertime. Like you're not always going to go to the bars or whatever. Once you have a family, it's easier to go to the golf course during the day. Right. So that's how I picked it up. And I wish I played more as a kid. So anyway, I, I'm guessing Alfie's never invited you though to golf. <laughs> no, he has. I played with him <laughs> and Eric a, a couple times at the Royal. Huh? Um, they're very competitive, particularly Alfie. He's a, uh, he's an animal out there. He's very serious. Doesn't like to mess around very much. He's just like focused on his game. Will he talk? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it's not like okay. he's he's not he's not silent. I mean, he's not giving yeah. you the silent treatment. You know, he's still he's still personable. But you know what I mean. Alfie is yeah. a switch, and and when that thing goes on, he's like dialed. Is there money? No. Like, would you no. play him I mean, for money? Because. No, well, Alfie's a scratch golfer, so yeah, you know yeah. naturally that would be that would be a, a bad yeah. idea for me to do it. Yeah, but I'm assuming though Eric and Alfie would go at it. Yeah, but Eric's not that great of a golfer either. I mean, he's not. <laughs> he's not. He's like he's kind of like me. You know what I mean? Like yeah. he's probably shooting around a 12, and the odd really good round he might break 80. But like for the most part, I think we're both we both hover between 80 and 85. Okay, I can always remember on trips out west, the clubs get packed into the plane. Players are going, and I always see Eric and Dion would always be carrying clubs, <laughs> and they're always like comparing their new ping or Scotty Cameron yeah. or whatever. Like, can either yeah, one two, of them? Can, can Dion play? Two. Those are two players with too much money. That's the problem. <laughs> so they're always getting new clubs. I'm still yeah. using the same set from five, six, seven years ago. But in any case, they're both good. Like Dion's a pretty good player. He's consistent. You know. He, He's always, and he plays a lot. Like I'll get messages from him every so often. It's a screenshot of his place in California on the course. And here I am and it, there was still snow on the ground. So uh, he, he likes to rub it in, but uh, both of them are pretty competitive and they, they, they always would eat together too. They, they are always on the same wavelengths, if you will. Uh, can, they, can you outdrive them? Like I watched you yes. uh, struggle yes. your way around an 18 hole, but you can hit a ball. You can crush a ball. <laughs> can they, yeah, can no. they beat you? No, no. No, I can outdrive them easily. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I might, my long drives are a little over 300 yards. Like if I'm connecting properly and I've only really yeah. started hitting my driver last summer. So for about five years, Wally, I just wouldn't even put it in the bag. Really? I'd leave it at home. I'd go to the, I'd go to the course with just irons and a putter. And that way it's like, I'll hit my four iron about 250, and that would get me through the course. But now that I'm hitting the, 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 the driver, boy, it's just, it's made it more fun. Yeah, it is. Uh, it's impressive to watch. I'll give you, I will give you that. Okay. You brought up golf earlier. Um, did you watch the U.S. Open? I did. Well, I watched the final day yesterday, especially the day yeah. before we were in Montreal. So I didn't get a chance to sit down. But like for me, you know, I know Mackenzie Hughes was the talk of the town, particularly up here in Canada. But yep. John Rahm in those last two holes on 17 oh. and 18 and those putts. And I just, you can't help but cheer for the guy. You know, he was, he was uh, uh, not disqualified, I guess, but he had to walk off. Uh, at the yep. memorial due to the COVID protocol and he's up like six or seven strokes whatever it is and that's that was I felt so bad for him so to see him win I was pumped I was cheering for him and again he, he pulled through it was a good tournament I know that took a little heat uh, maybe it was the coverage or the way the course is played at Torrey Pines but I mean for me I, I enjoyed it and the leaderboard was pretty top heavy there on the last day so I mean for me it was a great it was a great tournament good finish I, I don't know if People have to understand by now, if you're playing at the U.S. Open, it's one of the hardest tournaments they ever set oh, up, right? Like, it's, it's just miserable. So let's yeah. not, like, let's just watch it and play. We don't need to Twitter, tweet about it. We don't need to complain. Just watch <laughs> the best players in the world play golf, right? Yeah. So Yeah, but, I, I, and, but, you, but you know, Wally, and it's funny you say that, like, and we get so wrapped up with Twitter. Like, if you're on Twitter, you get wrapped up in it, and you think that it's, you think that it speaks for everybody out there, but like it there's a doesn't. very, it's a very small percentage of people that actually use Twitter and actually post consistently. So we can't wait, put too much weight onto that. And that's the problem, right? Everyone's all up in arms and oh, yeah. this tournament sucks, but like there's just a small vocal minority of people that are actually complaining about it. So I, you know. I did appreciate uh, Louis Hoost, 
Oosthuizen's uh, tweet after just congratulating Rom because of you know, always c- coming in second again. But it led me to something, and I I, uh, I would like you to spell Oosthuizen. Uh, double O. S T H I E N Z E N. Something like that. <laughs> no, you missed a U in there. So okay, so I was close. Well, I was close. Double O S T H U I Z E N. You, yeah, okay. But well, you're whatever. wrong. So that's all I get yeah, to say. Close enough. Close enough. Um, I felt bad for Mackenzie Hughes, the Canadian who was obviously in contention going into the final round. Shot uh, one over, I think it was. Yeah, well, the back uh, nine, his back nine yeah. is what killed him. So but I remember. And, the, and the ball, the ball in the tree, Wally. Did you see that? Yeah. Yeah. So so the ball bounces off the car path, comes that was on 11, bounces off the car path, comes back up, lands on a tree branch. And it's stuck on the tree branch, and you got all the patrons taking pictures of it. <laughs> so, I mean, and he, he mentioned that in his post interview where yeah. he was saying, like, you know, obviously the cards weren't in my favor that day if something like that happens to my ball. But here's what's going to happen. So, I covered a 1999 PGA Championship was in uh, Medina, and that's the one, if you remember, a couple things happened. One, it was Sergio Garcia was behind a tree, and he hits mm. his in the middle of the fairway, and he puts it on the green, and it became the Sergio Garcia kind of coming out party in a way. Yeah, uh, that's the one that Mike Weir was in contention and in the final group, and he blew up on the final day. And so, <laughs> uh, and they had just flown me in. I I think they told yeah they told me on Friday you're going to cover this tournament on Saturday. Like I hadn't been there for the first two days. So nice. we go in. Uh, Weir doesn't really know me at this point, and so. Uh, he comes off and he's talking to his family and obviously he's miserable. And why wouldn't you be? You've just, you know, had a terrible day on the golf course, had a chance to win. He, uh, so I go over to him and like, Mike, do you mind? Can I have a second of your time? And uh, he says, fine, basically. So he comes over, we're just doing the one-on-one. Halfway through, my cameraman stops the interview and goes, Brent, Brent, you got your pass on. We got to redo this. And I thought Mike was going to stab me, right? Like he's just going to take his driver and beat me to no end. Um, so he's, he, you can see he's upset, but he, anyway, he continues to do it and then he walks off and we never speak again. Uh, but I do remember like you, he left that moment and I, you could tell that this is just the start for him and eventually it's going to continue. And it wasn't yeah. that long later, he won a master's. And so I think from McKenzie Hughes, right. He's going to learn a huge amount from this and eventually you'll see him back on the leaderboard and well who said. knows, it could be in a major. So I looking agree. forward to seeing what McKenzie Hughes can do and, and all the other Canadians who are playing on tour, they played pretty well, actually. Yeah, um, they did. All right, enough of us. Let's have a, the voice of reason join us, shall we? Uh, well, let's bring in Craig, who's been busy in the back uh, trying to keep this thing on the rails. Uh, viewer questions built by BEI, Bonisher Excavating, Inc., helping to shape the Ottawa Valley, BonisherExcavating.com. Just a call away from all your aggregate needs, topsoil, sand, stone. Uh, they have it all. Give them a call. 613-432-1120. All right, Craig, how you doing, my friend? Good, guys. How you doing, Matt? Happy birthday. The chat, a lot of happy birthdays for you today. So I hope you're feeling uh, appreciated and you're ready to celebrate because they're ready oh, yeah. to celebrate. So yeah, good good stuff there, boys. Uh, yeah, I got a ton of questions from the chat. Uh, a Uh-oh. few people asking about the golf there, boys. Uh, <laughs> you guys got to tell your side of that story. I'd uh, like to hear. I'd like to hear the other side at some point. We can get into that eventually. But uh, I, I tried to get Mendez on, but he's too busy right now. Uh, he's a so, big deal. Yeah, he couldn't make it happen. Okay. Well, we'll, we'll I, I'd like to hear from him in the future. Uh, but but some other people would like to hear some things from you guys too. And actually, he, in, he ahead, quietly sorry. told me, by the way, he was yeah. like, "Yeah, you know, meth let you down." Oh no, he's trying to divide you guys. Don't do that. Don't do that. (laughs) I don't let it. I don't let it bother me. I, the thing is, and this is the funny thing is that the moment I left the course, I forgot about the match. And that's because I'm a professional. You understand (laughs) what I'm saying? So, so, so I don't lose sleep over it. I get home back to normal. I'm happy. I do a workout. I have a beer. I go to bed, rinse and repeat. I, mean, I would have thought maybe it would have, you know, affected you a little bit more, a little more personal. But I guess not. <laughs> no, it's my yeah. first round of the year. I, I mean, I could have blown up and shot in a hundred by myself for all I know. So I don't put too much weight on it, and I didn't okay. warm up for it. So it I is wasn't. What it is. Yeah, I wasn't disappointed in you guys with the loss. I want. I want to make that. I think what I'm disappointed in is you guys <laughs> let radio guys drag you into some sort of social media golf thing. Yeah, like, that we can't yes. do that voice. We can't let them like, do that. We're too when smart. this started, Sean Simpson just said, hey, you guys want to uh-huh. go play around? And all of a sudden it became, then it's a team event. And then it became this serious. But I like, anyway. 
but I like that. Like, I like mm -hmm. that there was okay. a bit of competition involved because it actually gives you something to play for. We weren't playing for money. We were yeah. all probably way too cheap. But <laughs> but adding the, the you know, the, the ego-driven aspect of it makes it more fun. I, I like that. I'm just going to leave it at that. I, I yeah. Oh, don't get me wrong. I just think that they they took advantage of you guys, right? Matt hasn't played <laughs> I, at all this year. Wally I agree. I, like, I literally <laughs> walked up to the course. They, they're, everybody's yeah. like, they're waiting for you on the first tee. I, I didn't even have my yeah. glove ready to hit there. So we played on their terms and that was a yeah. big mistake. So that, that was my, that's my feedback. I'm not, I'm listen, I thought it would be close, right? Method hasn't played this year. Brent has only played once. I think this year, Ian's yeah. got a hole in one this year. Like, yeah, uh, come on. Not right. they, not they, they set the table for that one. We can't let that happen again. Okay. Fan questions though. So somebody was asking and let's, let's, let's stay positive here. Uh, they were just asking what your best score in golf is ever. Like what's the lowest round you've ever shot. Uh, and, 90, and where, I guess, maybe if you remember. A 91 or a 93 for me at Packingham. Nice, yeah. nice. I've, I'm a, I'm a, my, my highest score was a 79. I've only broken 80. I'm sorry. My English is terrible this morning. I've only broken 80 once. So okay. I'm not that good. I'm ah, a 12 handicap. Yeah. Yeah. That's not bad though. Those are pretty You've good been playing for like seven years. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty years. good. Yeah. Yep. yep. Yeah. No, good for yep. you. Thank you. Okay. I mean, it wasn't, you didn't play like that on the other day, but. No, I did you. But I wasn't that, that bad. Game. You know what? I don't like the way this conversation is going. You're making it sound like I was that much worse than I was. Like we were pretty good and we had some good putts. We just, I think we weren't really, we weren't really helping each other out when we needed it. Like you when know, I went in the woods, when I went in the woods, you went in the woods and yeah, I did the same yeah. thing. Yeah, like we weren't really yeah. managing the game properly. No. And, and I, a couple of times I should have just put the driver away and taken out the three wood, but I didn't because me too, because me too. I'm stubborn, but I, I, my putter was really good at the beginning. And so it shocks me. Then on 18, it let me down as much as it did. Yeah, well, it's all anyway. good. Boys, uh, Craig, let's go. Uh, I will. Uh, last one on this, and it's kind of to tie into it with Ian a little bit. Uh, Ninja High is asking Brent, what's the worst thing Ian Mendez has ever done to you? <laughs> We've talked about this before, but that's the prank he played in New York. Was it even? I think it was the Islander series we were covering. So, um, covering the playoffs there's always it's a late game it starts at eight you get back to your hotel room it's probably midnight if you have a snack or whatever or you're at the bar for a beer you're in your room it's one two in the morning and then you got to get up at six i think we were leaving really early doesn't matter i think it was five in the morning i get a knock on my door boom 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 i'm like that's not my that can't be my door and uh another knock and i hear room service so I go to the room and she's holding on a tray, swear to God, one singular glass of milk. And, and she's like, room service? I'm like, I didn't order any room service. She's like, 616? And I'm like, yeah, it's my room. I did not order this. And so I close the door and go. But anyway, Mendes had filled out one of those breakfast cards uh, on the door handle and left it for me for like a 5 a.m. Yep. wake up call. Yeah, I've had that yeah. done to me too. It sucks. Yeah. <laughs> so, I, is, is that guy's real name or was that Ian Mendez just making up some fake account and sending the question? No, out? no, no. That, that wasn't Ian. Yeah. Ian's busy today, I think, right? We, st we still talk about that to this day of that prank he pulled. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, that's a pretty tried and true uh, hotel prank yeah. there, ordering stuff for people's room. Okay. Um, all right, how about this one? Let's go with uh, let's go with a sense question. We didn't talk a lot of sense today. I don't know if you guys noticed that. So let's. I want to. I want to do a little bit of that. Someone's at Eric Dubois is asking uh, Mark Mathot, uh, what he thinks of maybe Cadre uh, on the sends having played with him. Like he's a guy you've played. Sorry, not played, but played against. Like you played against that guy. Do you think that that guy's style, like, is that the kind of center that they're talking about? Like a more two way, rugged, offensive oh, guy to as well. Yeah, that's a good question. I, I, I mean, it it wouldn't hurt the it wouldn't hurt your lineup. Put it that way. And and again, people can, you know, lament and focus on some of the the uh, the suspensions that he's had, of course. But I mean, to me, that's a non-issue. Um, he helps. He brings a little bit of sandpaper. But I, when I when I think of Kadri, I don't think of a tough guy who's a scary player to play against. I mean, because he's had a couple suspensions, it doesn't make him an imposing player. But um, yeah, sure. Maybe today, uh, the way he plays, there aren't a whole lot of tough guys out there on the ice. So that he has that element, he can score, he can play, he can play the game and, and log a lot of minutes. So there's an argument to be made there. And it certainly depends on what, you know, the senators are willing to pull in as far as salary goes, but, uh, you know, maybe on your second line, maybe, uh, I'm still not sold on it though. I, I think you want more of I think you need more goal scoring. We have a lot of sandpaper in Ottawa here in the Senators lineup right now uh, with some of the guys that we have up front and on the back end. 
I think the focus is just going after the best available player that you can pull in. And that's what uh, it comes well, down to. Two things. One is we have discussed this uh, player on the team in the past, but I will say, and I'm a little, I'll take exception to Matt's comments of he won't hurt you. The fact that he's been suspended three times and the team has been eliminated while he's been suspended hurts you. So I yeah. don't, I, like, I don't, you, you don't know what you're going to get on the ice from him on a, is he going to snap one time and be a 10 game suspension? That hurts your team. I don't know that he brings the right qualities you want into your lineup surrounding the young guys. And yeah, well, I wouldn't, I wouldn't go after him. I'm not, but yeah. I'm saying it, I don't think his skill set would hurt you, but I wouldn't go, I wouldn't, I wouldn't bring him in. If he's on the team, I'd be like, okay, he's on the team. But I think if you have the choice, he's not on my hockey team. Agreed. Hey, good. I like both of those answers. Okay. Uh, something that came up in the chat a bunch today was music stuff. So we're going to start one with Matt real quick, and then we'll bounce back to both of you guys. Sure. This one comes from Randall Stevens. Uh, Mark, he's just asking uh, if you have any, like, it's about rock and roll kind of t-shirts. You wear a lot on the show. He's specifically asking about Kiss shirts, but I kind of want to tweak it a little bit too and just ask, like, do you have a favorite, like, what's your best one that you got or one that's like a cool one that you do, like a nice, because you, you have a lot of, of like, yeah. of album uh, shirts and stuff. Do you have a Kiss one a for stuff? No, I don't. I have um, I have a Slayer shirt that I like to wear a lot. Um, the problem is some of my, like, I have a Cannibal Corpse one. Yeah. And it's one of the most graphic things I've ever seen in my life. So I could never wear it on, on this. And I certainly can't wear it out in public. So I don't know why I own it. But it was a friend of mine who bought it for me, like, years ago. And I still have it upstairs. But, yeah, I, I like band shirts. They're unique. And I know there's a couple stores in Ottawa that I've recently discovered that apparently sell them. So, and actually, I forget the names. I haven't written upstairs, but I got to go out and check them. Once the, the, the restrictions loosen up a little more, I'm going to go down and buy some more. But yeah, right now, my favorite one's probably my Slayer t-shirt. Okay. Okay. Uh, here's a question I have for you since you brought that up is, do you remember the first album or disc or whatever it is that you got as a kid? Yeah. Uh, oh, that's a good question. I mean, Jock Jams probably would have been up there at first, but, but I don't like I don't like talking about the ones that my parents bought me when I was like ten. So yeah. my first legitimate purchased tape was uh, Green Day Dookie that that album, and then from there I bought all the Bing Shiny Tunes albums, and I was into like Bush, sure. uh, Notorious B.I.G., Tupac, a lot of rock and rap, very heavy in both ends. Yeah. My very first album was given to me by a, my grade five birthday party by Ryan Jackman. It was Thriller by Michael Jackson. Thriller. It's a great album. Just, just, a, just a little album. No, yeah, just, just a little a, album no one's yeah. ever heard of. So I've, I've never <laughs> forgotten it. And the best Found part was it had all the lyrics inside. Yeah. So I thought that was really cool. But yeah, that nice. was uh, the first nice. album I was ever given. Well, I'm glad you jumped in there, Wally, because there's there's kind of a follow-up here. And uh, this comes from Duquette71. Uh, since we're always talking about bands and music that Mark's listening to what what oh, do you no. listen to who's your favorite band what's what do you what do you listen to what's a concert that you went to and you love like what's wally's musical face give me a, give me the screenshot of it oh i'm all over the place i just like a good beat so like i can go from the doobie brothers of the 70s to um age is it aja now aja i think is the new like the red button song that's out like i'm all over the map but if i banners is really good lately um I, i'm probably more of a 70s guy just a little rock and roll stuff of the 70s. ACDC is always a good one. But yeah, it, it depends on the, it could be Garth Brooks. Like I'm all, uh, but best concert. Yeah. Best concert uh, you've ever been to. Like, but this is a, this sets people off sometimes when I say this is Nickelback at MSG. Like Nickelback put on an amazing show. It's at MSG. The acoustics are amazing. Like every, it's a great rock and roll product. So uh, I, that was uh, by far the best concert I've ever seen. Okay. That's a good one. Um, all right, let's do, do a couple of playoff ones and then we'll wrap it up here. Uh, Jake Olive's asking, um, oh, sorry, this isn't about playoffs, but uh, he, he's asking about the DIFD interview. I wanted to touch on this one real quick because you mentioned, Wally, that how, how hard oh, that was one. Yeah. I, I, wanted, I, that, I don't want to re-bring that up again. Let's flip it. He wants to know, uh, what do you remember is like the most fun? Like what's a, what's a, maybe it's one that caught you off guard, like a fun interview you did that kind of oh. you weren't expecting or something you look back on that so was like, that was cool. So those ones are interesting because there's, you know, there's some that are five minutes long and some are two and some are a half hour. But the Yarmir Yager one uh, that the, I have the picture of on my desk is, is probably sticks out a lot to me because uh, at the World Championships, guys never really talk that much. And they never used to do over the boards interviews, but Yager's actually going out onto the ice for warm up and stops. And we have this chat for about three minutes and he's laughing. And to get a player laughing during an interview where they're just about to play a game when they're dialed in. 
is it's rare. It's probably, I don't know if it's ever happened again, but those ones are really good. Uh, Mark Borvieski was always a fun interview to do during a game. Um, one that, another one that sticks out is Daniel Alfredson returns to play in Ottawa for Detroit. I know we don't like to talk about this, but I'm covering the game. It's a TSN national game at the time. And for whatever reason, they like, if you wanted to use a spotlight up in the stands or up in the rafters, it cost, I don't know if it was, it was a ridiculous amount of money, like two to $5,000 to have a spotlight put on you. But we paid for it. I think that night to have me stand on the center, uh, offside dot just outside the Red Wings bench. Like you never stand on the ice ever. Anyway, Alfie and I are doing this interview on the ice just before the anthem start. That was one that will always stand out for me just because of the location, who it was, and the setting around it. Okay, that's a good answer. Um, oh, Matt, someone asked about your hair. Your hair looks good today. They're asking how it's getting done during the, how, during all this stuff. Uh, do you Because, like, I cut my own hair. Brent, I don't know what Brent's doing with it. I think he's just growing it out now because he's got to, at some point, buzz this thing, right? Yeah, I will comment about that after. Go ahead, Matt. Yeah, Matt, do you want to clear up why your hair always looks so nice? Uh, <laughs> I didn't think it looked that nice, but uh, I worked out earlier. I still haven't showered, uh, and I put a little product in my hair. So... Um, you know, I, my wife cuts my hair. I'm lucky that she's yeah. she's good at it. She's a hairstylist. She does. She, that's what she did for a living prior to us getting married and having children. And then obviously, she had had to put that on the back burner for a little bit. But yeah, no, I'm I'm fortunate because pandemic or not, I can get my hair cut at home. Yeah, that's beauty. Okay, Brent, do you <laughs> hey. want to talk about what's going on? <laughs> yeah. So, so as part of Chris Hoffley's uh, Chio Foundation, uh, I don't know what shave off. Uh, I, I promised I would, if they raised, uh, I was at $180,000. If they raised it, I would shave my head. But I didn't remember that I have something I need to do on camera. It was supposed to have been done last Friday. It got pushed back. So it should be done this week. And I'm hoping that Thursday or Friday, uh, I will shave the hair off. But you know what? I, it's not, well, you may not like it, but it's not atrocious. What's going on with your ears, man? That's the longest I've oh, ever seen the side of your, like the hair know, on the side of your head. I know. It, that part bugs me. I play with it all the time. Bugs I like me. to get, I, I want Ellie to come over and just cut it a bit, but um, yeah. I, it, I'm shaving it uh, shortly. I promise. Because okay. I've never, like you get your hair cut on like clockwork, right? Like it's every, every three weeks. Yeah. And that's been yeah. that way for how long? Oh, 30 years. Yeah. So anyway, like this is the longest I've, I've ever never, seen. And I've never shaved it. Like I've never taken it down to the woods. So I don't know what's going to happen. Yeah, that's a that's a roll of the dice right there. I think we we, we talked. So there's about that an before. app on Snapchat apparently that you can get where my kids showed me and they made me bald. Mm. And I just hope it, I'm going to wear a lot of Wally Mathod hats on the next few episodes. Yeah, I was going to say at least you're not on camera with us for twice a week for <laughs> foreseeable future. It's going to be fun to watch. But are you? When, is you, you might be shaved for the next show. Is that what you're telling me? Uh, might be, uh, okay. or it's, or yeah, maybe Monday live. And oh, to do it Monday live would be fun too. Just unveil it. It'll be so uh, distracting though. <laughs> Try to do the rest of the show like that. Okay. What do you, uh, I, you know what? I think we got time for one more and then we'll, yeah. then we'll wrap things up here. Um, here's a good one. I, I mentioned playoffs before, so let's actually ask a playoff question. Uh, someone's asking yeah. that even if the lightning lose, does, can Kucherov win the consmite this year? Like, yeah, no. that, ha that happens sometimes, right? Where the losing yeah, team. Yeah, twice, I think. Yeah, yeah exactly. no, it, 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 it's, 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 it can happen, but I don't think it will. Okay. I think it's Bernie Perron and uh, oh, the Jaguar, French goaltender. Right? Jean, yeah, Jean-Sebastien Jaguar. Yeah, okay. It's rare. So I just wasn't sure if, like, sometimes it takes, like, a, a kind of a team effort by the team that wins, yeah. right? No standout player over there. Like, I'm just curious if you guys thought that might be a case this year. Someone was asking, mm -hmm. so. Uh, I can't imagine. So it's either Montreal or Toronto. No, it would have to be Carey Price would win it if Montreal were to get to the cup final. Mm. And if it's Vegas, boy. That's the thing, if, right? But, I mean, they got some good players there. That's the who's, – who's been their standout? Hard to say. Uh, you're going to you're, you're, you're gonna have to just look at the numbers. Sometimes yeah, no one's they been just better than Kucherov, though. No, yeah. no I know that. But Unless it's, Petri, unless it's Petriangelo. Yeah, I think it depends what he does, too, over the last, like, yeah. round and a half yeah. year, too. But anyways, good, good yeah. little question. Okay, boys, I think that's those are the fan questions. There's some good ones. Lots lots came in at the end there, too, so I wasn't able to get to all of them, which is too bad. But we'll, uh, we'll do this awesome. again, I'm sure. Well, yeah. they can ask them again next Monday because we're going to <laughs> do sure. it next Monday. Uh, full show coming up later this week, uh, looking at uh, Zach Smith to be joining us for that show as a guest. So that'll mm -hmm. be good. Uh, I, anyway, just appreciate if you guys would like and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Hope you've enjoyed the show today. Before we go, I just want to point out that uh, today's June 21st is National, National Indigenous Peoples Day. This is a day for all Canadians to recognize and celebrate the unique heritage, diverse cultures, 
and outstanding contributions of First Nations, Inuit and Métis people. When we think of the recent events of the unearthing of mass graves of the residential schools and the horrors that must have taken place, uh, we can and we must do better to educate ourselves and become an ally and just basic better human beings. Let's uh, all do our part to help end racism, shall we? Uh, boys, uh, great show today. Uh, you are watching the Wally Method Show powered by Barhaven Ford, and we will catch you later this week.